Hello everyone, uh, I'm Pastor Victor Resendiz. I am uh, the lead for our Chandler's Hope Ministry, which is our recovery and addiction minister here at White's Chapel. And I am here today with several of our leaders that are invested in the ministry to talk about some of the things that we're offering for both our congregation and our community. Um, I will be asking them a few questions that will also touch on their personal story, why they're invested in such a uh, unique ministry. And we are here, we are available, and uh, we hope that through this conversation you get a lot of information for your loved ones and uh, maybe those individuals that may be struggling with addiction. Some of the features that we have in the ministry are uh, family evaluation or assessment, which is pretty much the first meeting as you connect with us. Uh, we wanna hold your story, know what's going on, how we can help, what are the resources that we can refer, uh, refer you to. Uh, we, we have both in-house resources and we also have outsources that we can connect you with. Uh, we are the holding space of your story and we're hoping that you uh, are able to connect with us and as you connect with us, we are companions as well uh, to move you and reroute you to your uh, recovery story. Uh, I'm gonna start with um, Debbie uh, with our first question. Debbie, why are you invested in Chandler's Hope Ministry? Well, Chandler was mine and uh, John's daughter is, will always be, and we lost her to drug addiction. Uh, and, and when the problem began, we struggled so much to get help and information and support. And we had no clue what we were doing. And, and so we established this in order to help others so that they didn't have to struggle so much. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they didn't, they, they won't have to go through what, what we've been through. Yeah, and, and we really appreciate the fact that you and John have made this such a, a unique opportunity for families and individuals. So, and we, as we, as leaders, when we tell the story of Chandler's Hope, we always say that it was birthed out of your heart. And what a powerful testimony. We, we're so grateful for that. And we're definitely lucky in this congregation that we have leaders like this that are willing to advocate in such a powerful way. Um, Lynn, uh, she's also part of our leadership. Lynn, why are you invested in Chandler's Hope Ministry? Well, um, when I first heard we wanted to start this, I did know Chandler, and um, it was so it was close to my heart in that regard. But also with my own struggles, I am a recovering alcoholic, and um, if I can share my story, and if I can be of use to somebody in their walk to finding something like Debbie said, um, people sometimes just don't know where to go. And myself, I mean, I heard of AA, but never thought to go. And, um, you know, it could have been a, well, coulda, coulda, woulda, you know, whatever. Um, I found my way there, and I just think that if we can be the walkway or pathway to walk with somebody to find what they might need, I think it's just very important. And it seems that uh, this is a great way to segue into that. Right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, Deidre, can you tell us a little bit about your investment in Chandler Soap and the reason you're involved? Oh, I'm involved for many reasons. Um, first uh, and foremost, uh, White's Chapel just hosts such a dear place in my heart and the family's here. And, um, you know, I had a personal struggle for decades 
um, with addiction and recovery. And it's not a linear process. And it's very confusing for people who are not addicts or alcoholics to understand um, how to navigate it. And so if I can be in any way um, support to those individuals or even families as being someone that experienced both sides, um, I think that is such a, just such an honor that I'm able to, to play that role. Yeah, yeah, we're so grateful for your leadership here as well. Uh, Kathy, what is your investment in Chandler's Hope? How is this tied into your own personal story? Um, well, my story, what I've learned is addiction has different forms. And um, my drug of choice was food. Mm -hmm. And um, from about age 15 to 35, I struggled with an eating disorder that I didn't know how to name, but it's bulimia. And um, it just took me down a dark path and um, led me to a place of hopelessness that I felt like I didn't have any way out other than to take my own life. And uh, the week in the hospital, just I realized I needed a savior. And... Um, and with God's grace, I am here now. And uh, fast forward um, to about a year and a half ago, I went to my first Chandler's Hope um, meeting, and it was um, a book study with, by Richard Rohr, and it was Breathing Underwater. Mm -hmm. And I actually went to get information for somebody else. And uh, that's when I realized that I had an addiction. That's exactly what addiction is. And it just was a different face that um, I didn't know. And um, so God, uh, God was speaking to my heart, and I just know that um, He's got a plan for me, right. mm -hmm. and I want to do His will, and um, I'm thankful for a church that uh, is willing to be open and talk about the struggles that we all face. Right. You know, one of the things, that, and, and we've had several conversations throughout our leadership and just conversations overall what Chandler's Hope is all about, and one of the things that I uh, I find unique about uh, Chandler's Hope here at Weiss Chapel is that we're a church that's willing to, to confront something that's not necessarily easy to confront. And through our personal stories, that's why this is a personal ministry. For me, you know, the struggle with my dad's alcoholism, that's what, you know, that's what makes it personal for me. Because I love what you say, Deidre, that there's both sides to it. Once you come out of the other side, you realize and sympathize with those that are struggling, those that are walking this walk and how difficult it is. But with help in the surroundings, just like all of us, uh, surrounded by a network of what I call guardrails and lifelines, you know, uh, uh, ties of grace, you know, um, all those things have helped us to continue to now move towards, or like we say, reroute our path into a more solid way of, of walking. Uh, and what, a, what an honor to be wounded healers that we are here to be companions and have that sympathetic tie-in with anybody that, that's going through something like this. Um, in the ministry, now that we have uh, been working on this for two years, really, you know, to revive it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, right after the pandemic, uh, right. we were able to start uh, uh, building it back up. Yeah. Um, so some of these things that uh, we have to offer, um, we all have different roles in the ministry. So I want to talk about the, the, uh, the roles that we play. We, so some of us are companions. Uh, and some of us are facilitators of classes or book studies. And then some of us are ha now even have a welcome committee coordinator, which is kind of fancy for us, right? Um, so, uh, Kathy, I want to start with you. What is your role in Chandler's, uh, Chandler's Hope Ministry? And then tell me what, ex what, what has been your experience in that role? Okay. Um, I am a Chandler's friend, and that means I'm walking with someone that um, 
I can identify with and, and um, walk along with that has similar struggles and um, I'm not um, a counselor or a therapist or even a spiritual advisor, but I'm someone that's not in her inner circle, that's not a family member that she can confide in and, and talk to and just walk along, right, so right, basically. Yeah. Um, and I've also had the privilege to be a facilitator. So we've um, facilitated two books. One's Monsters to Miracles, and um, the other one was Addiction and Grace. Mm -hmm. exactly. And um, the, the people that have come is a unique group that we, we just didn't know right. who would come. Right. And um, it's been a blessing, because especially the second one, it, we do have people that are alcoholics or um, currently going through recovery that have been recovered alcoholics right. for several years. Right. I know you're always in recovery, but, um, and then some that are parents of alcoholics or drug abusers or, you know, it just, the group has been so good because it's very unique and can give different perspectives. And that's, that's the information we've received. Right. And, and you and I have had conversations that that space has also become a place of uh, where we're sharing each other's vulnerabilities, where there's prayer involved, we're holding each other's story. And then uh, also what's helpful is that you realize that that stigma that you're not on your own. There are many yes. out there that are suffering from this. And when you're in a group like that, in a group setting, then you really realize that I'm not on my own and, and I have a support group that can walk with me. So um, Deidre, what about you? What has been your role and can you tell me about your experience? Um, yes, and I also just want to add to the community and the stigma and how important it, people cannot do this on their own. You have to have people around you to love and support you through this process. Um, and so my role has been a companion as well. Um, it, I was able to work with a family and uh, they had a daughter who was struggling with a severe addiction and they were just hopeless and did not know what to do. And, and, and I couldn't fix anything, but I could be there as um, just a supportive, um, loving person who had been there. And it was really valuable to have had that experience and then be on the other side and been through all of the all of the, the pitfalls that happen. And because it's not linear, like I said, I mean, it's two steps forward, you know, Correct. a, a step Correct. back. It, Correct. It's And so it could feel hopeless, easy, and so just to continue to encourage and, um, and just to listen. Right, exactly. Thank you so much. Um, Lynn, you also play a role, an important role. Uh, I, I usually call her my consigliere because <laughs> I come to her for a lot of resource and wisdom, but I know you've also played somewhat of the role of a companion yes. and, and the resource uh, connection too, because you're, you're very aware of, of our meetings here. Uh, at Weiss Chapel and what have you. Tell me m more about your experience in that role. Well, yes, I basically have um, talked to men and women um, in the companion role. And um, I've walked with this one gal and have gone to meetings with her at AA um, and kept in touch. And, you know, I haven't heard from her in a little bit. I hope she's doing okay. So I'm not planning to reach out. But just to be there and to say, I've been where you are. And there is a way out. Right. And this is, like Deidre said, another side. So I've been on the dark side for a very long time. And this is the other side. And there is hope and there is, you know, and you cannot do it alone. Support groups are so important. And um, nowadays I think, you know, the stigma is not what it once was. 
And so I'm here to say, you know what? It's people know me, they see me. I want them to see that, you know, I, I lived through a very dark period of my life and through support AA and just, you know, friends and family came through and there is a much brighter side and there is hope. And I'm so glad that we have this ministry to, so people can pick up the phone and say, I don't know what to do. Right. And say, right. well, okay, let's start here. Right. And right. just meet as a friend, talk, and then kind of make suggestions right. of, well, right. possibly let's try this right. and let's try that. Right. And I love that. I love that you touch on that because we we can be the starting point, somewhat yeah. of a compass, right? And with having to, to say compass, I'm my navigator here, Debbie, can you tell us more about your role in Chandler's Hope? And and I do mean navigator because we, we we talk a lot about our well, where we're going. Oh, we <laughs> and she was a mess. <laughs> Um, w when we started Chandler's Hope, we, we wanted to be a resource and, and we wanted, you know, we had a specific direction at that time that we thought, but what we've learned, and especially since COVID, uh, what we're learning is that the directions change. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't just mean here or even in, I mean, everywhere directions change. And so... I feel as though my role with you in discussing this is to look at those changes and, and try in our community particularly to see what direction is needed. Right. Uh, right. The, the difficult part of something like this is that everyone is different, every family is right. different, exactly. every situation is different. And so it's almost an individual thing. Mm -hmm. And in order to try to grasp that and meet that, right. We have to have some type of a directional That's structure, correct. Correct. and we also have to be flexible mm -hmm. and uh, say, okay, this this isn't working for this. Right. We we need this exactly, you know, elsewhere. Right. And you're so right because every story caters to to different resources. Yes, our conversation. That's why uh, among the leaders, we talk a lot about, and we use the term holding the space and holding the story, and and then from there we're able to evaluate what we could suggest. Uh, and so, yes, and, and, and your role is very important because the navigation of it is we need that. Uh, and I really appreciate that collaboration. To end our conversation, <clears throat> what encouraging words can you give those who uh, have loved ones that are struggling or individuals that are struggling with uh, and are having a desire to reroute their lives? Well, again, like I said at the very beginning, uh, you know, we struggled so at a time when it was not, you don't talk about these things at parties mm -hmm. and, and, and you don't, you really don't trust everyone right. and, and you, you don't know who to trust. And so one of the things that I, I hope we help to provide is a starting point so that, you know, uh, people who are helpless and wringing their hands and, you know, trying to, you know, they've just come to grips with, you know, my, my child, my family member is, is an addict and I, and I don't, right. I don't know what to do and I don't right. know who to talk to. Right. We want to provide a place right. that is safe and, uh, is confidential and as some place where you can go cry, right? And you can go throw your hands up That's and say, correct. you know, 
I, I don't know what to do, right. and, and I need help. And here we are, mm -hmm. that's right, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Lynn, any encouraging words for? Just don't give up hope. Um, there is a way to get your life back. Mm -hmm. Your life can be your own again, and we can help you, or at least hopefully point you in the right direction, and at least be here and be a listening component for what you need right now, and then hopefully be able to lead you to a better life because it's out there, uh, it's absolutely. yours. So. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yes, thank you, Lynn. Deidre? Um, just strength, hope, perseverance. Um, the journey is gonna, gonna be painful and uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but it's also gonna be you know, beautiful with other with, with the right. with the journey of everyone. So I, mm -hmm. my hope is that just to connect, mm -hmm. to connect, and to know that you're not alone, right. um, and just to move to move forward. Right. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Any encouraging words? That the process is worth it. That the journey is worth it, and um, there is hope. I know we've said that, but right. that's that's true mm -hmm. and um, you do need each other we all need each other right. and um, that it's not bigger than God mm -hmm. that God oh, is right. big enough right exactly exactly well thank you all ladies thank you so much for your vulnerability for uh, putting yourself out here and it's a powerful testimony we are telling the story I, I think um, one of the one of the things that I admire so much about our approach in this ministry is that we're being innovative because we have education pieces that we are all constantly getting educated with, well, what's the latest trend as far as an epidemic? Right now, fentanyl is one of them. Um, and many of the workshops that we've been a part of, now we're starting to go out and, and, and connect with other sources that can be, resources that can be very um, uh, important to what we're trying to do here. And, um, and so vulnerability and, and, and to be genuine about this walk, I think is the, it's, it's essential. And yes, our faith walk is the ultimate, right? and to connect those together, uh, not in a, and, and what I really appreciate that we don't do it in a cheesy way, it's very authentic, mm -hmm. right? That in our vulnerability, we still know that we could still cry out, we could still be angry, we can grieve, all those things that sometimes um, can hold people back, even shame, to hold people back to come and look for help, but realizing that that fragility of our human side is exactly where uh, our faith walk can meet us where God can generally, we can experience God's grace, God's redemption, restoration, and all those things that we're all seeking, right? And so, um, so I wanna encourage any of you out there, if you have family members that are struggling or individuals that are struggling, please come and uh, see us, contact us, whether it's email, whether it's through our social media um, uh, channels or phone number, and just reach out. We are here available. Again, we'll hold the space as safe as possible. And then from here, we have plenty of resources that we can just direct you to. So we thank you so much for your time. I thank you again for your time and again, your vulnerability. And uh, we just look forward to meeting you and holding your story.